tell them about Bobby. I wanted to talk to her first. Brian De Palma, the master of the macabre, who shocked audiences everywhere with Sisters, Carrie, Obsession, and The Fury, now invites you to a showing of the latest fashion in murder. <laughs> Dressed to kill. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. It's another day in Trump's America. This week, we'll discuss the horror classic, Dressed to Kill, starring Michael Caine, Angie Dickinson. It's an all-star cast. Angie Dickinson's muff. (laughs) Body double. Body double. Oh, my God. Yes, she was she was pushing fifty at this point. They said uh, she body had, double. She had the pubis of an albino Swedish girl. <laughs> this is this is probably more than you guys wanted to know in the first three well, minutes of the if, podcast. But if you're yes. watching Dress to Kill, it's for the bondage and the nudity for sure. Oh, clearly, clearly, <laughs> for God's <laughs> sakes! Uh, you also see crazy old Dennis Franz running around in there. He's helping out where he can. Good times. A young Dennis Franz. A very, this is pre-Hill Street Blues. Oh, my God. He was so good in Hill Street Blues. So there you go. As uh, a Detective Bunce, if I remember correctly. Good yeah, times. Whatever. Um, so give us your 30-second synopsis of Dress to Kill. 30-second synopsis. So it's, it's uh, Judgment of Women. It is uh, offensive to transsexuals. The psychology is wrong. But anyway, it is uh, women, uh, not teenagers this time, but grown women who are bad need to be punished. And if you're flirty, you're a whore, so you need to die. And by the way, it's being done by uh, someone who is... uh, Wants to have gender reassignment, but can't. The end. That, that covers all the bases, I would say. How about Good that? Times. How about that? Boom. I, I'm trying to think when I first was confronted with Dress to Kill. I think I was watching one of those anthology, not anthology, but like uh, horror documentaries, like Terror in the Isles or whatever. Oh, and you saw like... Um, highlights of this movie and it kind of piqued my interest um i would not I say this movie is scary i would not say it's scary either um i'll tell you what there is a scene if we're just going to jump right in i guess we are brother unless unless you want to explain what when you first uh, encountered dress to kill before we do i have no memory of when i first saw this well, this is Brian De Palma. What's funny is it's Brian De Palma, master of the macabre. Oh, is that like is that King of Pop? Of... Is that King of Michael Jackson, King of Pop? I guess you can copyright anything. I'm Aaron uh, Doherty, Queen of the Idiots. How about that? <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> That's <though>. copyright. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, at the time, he had done, like he did carry just before this. Oh yeah, there, so I guess if you're two for see, two, there is a a, a little uh, throwback to carry in this too. There is, but my question is, uh, and there's no comparison uh, between this and carry. What is, what is really good? Yes, and what is okay? 
<laughs> well, by 85, no one was calling him Brian De Palma the master of the macabre anymore. No. I think he, is, he made two movies that were vaguely macabre Yeah. And then it's like by the 90s, he's doing Mission Impossible. He thought so, he, that he had found his niche and he was mistaken. He was, he was mistaken. I mean, he, hey, fine director. But he's not exactly, you know, George Romero he, or something. He's, he's no of, John Frankenheimer. He's definitely no John <laughs> Frankenheimer, for God's sakes. In the name of the Lord. Um, you're right when you say that this movie is not particularly scary, but there is a scene, um, like half an hour through the movie, where Angie Dickinson gets attacked by the killer. And Nancy Allen, the hooker with the heart of gold, right. I guess, Mrs. Brian De Palma. Formerly Mrs. Brian De Palma, uh, walks up to the elevator door because she sees Angie Dickinson like laying, like kind of reaching out for help. Right, and you see on the other side of the door is the killer with the straight razor, and the reflections like right there. I thought that was a dynamite, dynamite moment. I, right I there. would say that was a good shot. I mean, there were a couple of good shots. There were some uh, red herrings because if any of these yes. mysteries, especially when you don't really know who the killer is, you want right. to think that you at least have a chance of solving this, you know? Well, like Agatha Christie. It's like yes. if you're watching a, a movie or reading a book where it's like the killer is not revealed. I mean, frankly, they do this in Friday the 13th, right? The original, where it's like, Who's the killer? We're not showing you who right. the killer is. So then you're trying to figure it out. That's how my brain exactly. works. I'm trying to solve the, the mystery. Puzzler. Right. Um, but like many movies and like many books, it's next to impossible to figure out who it is. Because they do things to mess with you. They do things to mess with you. This movie specifically. Okay. Let's just let's just go for it. Shall we go for it and reveal who the killer is? I thought I already did. Oh, I guess maybe it, I did not. It is Michael Caine the psychiatrist? Angie Dickinson goes to Michael Caine to talk about how her love life with her husband is lousy, and she throws a half-ass pass at old Michael Caine. Oh, cat! <laughs> I, I have professional ethics. Oh, cat! <laughs> Get away from me! I'm married. And wait, where That's was this Michael wife? Said. So I guess he wasn't married. He wasn't married. Uh, so, but evident, like, in a way, and I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place. In a way, this movie, I was telling you this before, is kind of an homage to Psycho in, in certain respects. Because you've got this killer who dresses up in women's clothes. Um, but that's like the grand reveal. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you don't know, you're not, if you're supposed to think it's this unassuming Michael Caine, uh, who is not the killer, but then it's revealed in spite of all evidence to the contrary, it is the killer. So we're all over the, we're all over the map here. Yeah. He, Good Lord. He, I mean, they claim, the ending claims that Michael Caine is transgender, but there's the, the two sides of him battling well, well, frankly, if he doesn't even realize this female side exists and he's referring to him like it's a patient of his and it's leaving messages, that's a little different than I'm transgender. 
It is clearly I have a multiple personality that that I am unaware of and no one bothered to tell me about. Right. He yes. He he clearly has. If you want to say he's transgender, fine. But he ha- he's, happens to be transgender. The bigger issue, he has got multiple personalities. One of the personalities is transgender is what it is. Okay. How about that? Bobby. 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 Bobby wants to, wants to have the reassignment. And Bobby has been seeing Michael Caine. So that's interesting. And Michael Caine is not recommending it. Well, because evidently, I I think they said something similar to this in Sounds of the Lambs. If you are nuts, they're they're a little slow on giving you the sexual reassignment surgery. Correct. They're not they're not running you to the operating room if you're nuts, basically, according to them. Uh, But I mean, this is the thing. So Michael Caine, you think he's just her psychiatrist because he comes home uh, from work or. I guess he just lives in his office. I don't know what the story is. He goes yeah. to his office and there's a message waiting from him from Bobby admitting to the murder. Oh, and I borrowed your straight razor doctor. Bah, bah, bah. Now, ethically, now, he would have to notify the police. Which he doesn't do and goes in the other direction, refuses to help the police. Right. It's all very I'll strange. have to tell you, detective, I have doctor patient. Uh, confidentiality. I don't know what kind of accent this is, but I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I'm going to be butchering Michael Caine's accent all episode long. Um, but that's the thing, Bobby. It's revealed is Michael Caine. So if my he should have a crazy Michael Caine voice on there. It's me, Bobby. Oi, I'm the one. Oi. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Fly me. It's the limey. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, governor. <laughs> I'm the murderer. I it's think, your old patient, Bobby. I wish it was Dick Van Dyke calling in, saying, "Hey, what the no road?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's basically that's what we're looking for. So, oh God, <laughs> help me. Um, did you notice one thing? I, I, I happen to notice is that there are men in this movie who get like who are characters, but get like no screen time, like Angie Dickinson's husband. You see him, but he never speaks. Because they have to pay you. Right. But it's, it's, it was Although a choice they made. He, he grunts during sex. So I'm guessing <laughs> that counts as, as far as a Screen Actors Guild as some kind hey, of emoting. I'm not a marriage counselor. But if, you're, if you have time for a little morning delight, things can't be that bad. Exactly. He seemed, you he know seemed what I'm like he was putting some effort into it. I know. I, I don't know. I mean, and then two minutes later, she's doing the full diddle. I'm sorry if I'm in the bathroom. I don't know, putting on my makeup, and someone is diddling two <laughs> feet from me. At some point, I'm going to turn my head and notice that. First of all, you'll notice that someone is intently staring at you. Right. Come well, on. This is, this, I think that was a dream. That was because remember she's in the shower looking at her husband shaving while she's doing her business. Um, and then, like, a, somebody comes up behind her and grabs her. That was a dream, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Uh, but but it, that it was, was like just, a 10-minute scene. It was just an excuse for to put out some half porn for Brian De Palmer. Uh, I, I'm kind of glad it wasn't Angie Dickinson, but I was like, well, I was like Angie, man, you're really rocking it for 50. I was surprised. I'm like, 
I, I didn't realize she was a natural bronze since her hair is as yellow as a lemon. But uh, I was like, my God, she's really soaping up her, her boobies and uh, the albino muff. That was, that was, okay. I was like, oh. we don't need to say that word anymore, by the way. We're good. We get the idea. The pubis was white. <laughs> they would zoom in on her face kind of like enraptured and then cut to her body. Yeah. She had so some very know- young boobs. Right. Well, and I mean, I don't know if this, I'm sure that this played some kind of role, but a movie that De Palma did a few years later was called Body Double. Body Double. Body Double. Also, coincidence? Coincidence? A good movie? Not so much. Not so much. Young Melanie Griffith. Uh, so, and then there's the scene where she goes to the museum by herself and is hitting on crispy old Robert Evans type. Oh, yeah. Right? Totally like Robert Evans. And I, th- I thought it was weird. She's wearing her isotoner gloves. Yes. As was the style. But As was the style. Okay, you wear those when it's chilly. It's not like the 1950s where women just wore gloves. So that means it's chilly. But then she had sandals on. So I was confused by those choices. She's very fashionable. No, that very is not fashionable. fashionable. San Francisco's cold. This is New York, I thought. I don't know. It's still cold. If you're, it's still cold. If you're, wearing, if you're wearing your isotoners, it's it's not because it's 1958. It's because it's chilly. Well, and that scene was so long too, where it's like the cat and mouse of Angie Dickinson chasing Robert Evans with his deep tan and jet black hair and his sunglasses on inside. It looked like, looked like George Hamilton, Robert Evans, was... and George Hamilton in a blender. It was, it was exactly, so they're like, she's like chasing him and he's chasing her because she's unhappy with her, with her love life at home, evidently. So now she's, uh, it's very strange. So she gets in the cab with him and it's the lovemaking in the cab and, and it's literally Ch- like, are ripped off right there in the cab. How do you go from, from the stereotypical frigid housewife to now my chonies are on the floor of a dirty old cab? That's what I'm saying. Again, this is 30 minutes of the movie. I'm like, where's the killer? Can we get a killer in the house? Is there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the killer is syphilis. I think that's what the killer is. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the crazy reveal. So she wakes up in the evening at Robert Evans. I'm just calling him Robert Evans. Yeah. At Robert Evans' house. Oh, he's nowhere to be found. He goes by he's going to He's going to the racket club or something. I don't know. He's nowhere to be found. She gets yeah, up he and was in the bed, in the... curled up in was a ball. He? Yeah, he was, he was. He was in a coma. She must have drank his blood because he's rolled over to the side. She's dancing around the bed, shuffling, I don't know, taking his wallet, whatever, and he doesn't even snore. Right. Or he could be dead for all we know. Maybe. She's the killer. So while she's leaving him a note saying, "Had a gr- what a nice afternoon or whatever the heck she's saying, she finds, she finds a, 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 the lab results from the clinic. Say he's got syphilis and gonorrhea. Exactly. Biblical. See, this is, this is the Palma's infidelity revenge fantasy. The angry husband. And it's like, what is the purpose of all this? Why do we need to know? <laughs> this has nothing to do with, with anything. No, it, but- it is just like all the teen. It's like instead of the teenagers getting killed for not being virgins, it's now uh, the people of his age getting killed because uh, they're f-ing around. I mean, 
it, it's and this is why it kind of brings back Psycho to me. If you haven't seen Psycho lately, it's literally the first thirty minutes of Psycho is Vivian, not Vivian Lee. What's her name? Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Um, like stealing money from her boss and leaving town and getting a new car and driving and, and th- cops are following. Are, uh-huh. you know, are they after her for the money? It's but in Psycho, it's kind of a bait and switch. You think she's the main character. And you discover, and then she's dead. Right. That's that's the bait. Your star dies in the first thirty minutes. Right. This, I, I clearly to me, it seems like this is what they were trying to go for, but it was less effective in my mind. What are your thoughts and feelings? Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. I don't. I didn't know what they were doing, where they were going with this. I mean. it made no. It, it doesn't certain move the plot along. No, I, I, it just tells us more about her in some way. For, I, and, I, and, and or are we supposed to care more about her because we don't? She's unrelatable. I think it's when you meet and you meet her crazy son. Oh my god! Uh, who, who went on to be in every kind of weirdo movie after this? Yes, Keith Gordon plays her son Peter and he had about a five year run yeah. where I swear to God he was in everything and we'll talk about that in behind the scenes um, so you meet him for literally 15 seconds and then he's gone and then you meet the other protagonist Nancy Allen playing the prostitute Liz at the moment of Angie Dickinson's death 30 minutes into the movie we'd never seen her you don't see her getting a cup of coffee earlier in the movie nothing she could be an an extra for all you know. And it's not like by. she's she's not a streetwalker. She's a call girl. She's a high class. Yeah. High class. She's just she ain't working the street. She's got a service. She right. That's you're right. She's not uh Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Yeah. I, not, I never saw that, that movie. Never saw it. Pretty Woman is a really good movie. So it looks terrible. Julia Roberts yeah. is in it. I'm out. Well, here's what I will tell you. Next time you watch it, when they describe the job of Richard Gere, I want you to picture Mitt Romney because it's the exact same job. Thank you. Anywho. I imagine uh, that that would be Mitt Romney's secret LDS fantasy. Would it be in <laughs> the prostitute? Hell yeah. Maybe. What? It, it was probably the nom de plume. Well, that, this is the thing. This was in the early 90s, late 80s, where the idea that you would just buy a company, sell off its its assets, and run it into bankruptcy wasn't a thing that most people were aware of. That was a now, dream job. I mean, yes. that's Working Girl. That was every yep. movie of like the 80s. That right. I'm a corporate raider. I'm going to come in and I'm going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and I'm not going to worry about the tens of thousands of people I'm putting out of work because right. I got a sob! Woo! That's how we do it. <laughs> um, so go, cutting back into this, so you've got uh, Nancy Allen. She's there with a client when the elevator door opens up and the the woman with the blonde hair and the like the vinyl trench coat and um the uh the straight razor has now murdered Angie Dickinson out of nowhere. Uh, and I love that everybody uses a straight razor in this time. I've never actually known anyone. I mean now it's a little bit more trendy. People go to barbers. Have you ever known anyone who uses a straight razor? Cuz in this movie that's all people use. No, I 
I would slip my throat. I mean, Angie freaking Dickinson husband had like one of those straps. I thought it was a little rascals where you used to sharpen up the, the blade. No, absolutely. It was the crazy, but you're right. It's like her husband uses it. Michael Caine uses it. Everybody just uses a straight razor. Yeah, that seems and normal. I Who knows? I've always used a safety razor. I'm, you know, I've got the, the Jimmy hand. I don't want to slice my uh, carotid artery. Uh, anywho, so she's being murdered in the elevator. The elevator door opens up. Nancy Allen's walking by and sees Angie Dickinson there, covered in blood, but still kind of alive and reaching. And there's where that amazing scene is, where she's like reaching forward to help. And the audience can see, and this is all in slow motion, can see the killer out of her line of sight reaching forward with the straight razor. And then at the 11th hour, Nancy Allen can see the reflection of the, of the killer there. And then the weirdest thing happens, which made no sense. The killer drops the straight razor right in the, <laughs> right in like the crack of the elevator door. And Nancy Allen picks it up. Yeah. Fast. Neither of those things would happen. No. Why, why is the killer dropping the knife? Right there in front of God and everybody. Mm-hmm. And why is Nancy Allen grabbing the knife? So then when somebody else comes out of the room and says, what's going on? You're standing there with a bloody knife. And why would everyone believe that she is not the killer? I right. mean, the witnesses believe she is. Why does the yes. police automatically not believe it? These are important questions. They are. Not to be These answered. are important questions. Not to that be will never. You're right. Well, they... Dennis Franz, who's a detective uh, investigating the case kind of puts the fear in God in her because she doesn't want to give up any information because, you know, client privilege, I guess. Whatever. She's got client privilege as well. Um, so she's, so they're kind of saying, if you don't bring us something we can use, then we're going to charge you for the murder. Right. I'm, I'm a prostitute. I'm just going to disappear. Give me a break. Well, well, it's that same kind of thing where it's just like, hey, I'm not telling. I'm doing my dentist friends now. I'm not telling you to break into the doctor's office, okay? But if you do it and you find some evidence and you bring it to me, that's okay too. You're like, that's my dentist friends. Thank you very much. That was Miami nothing. Simple. It's nothing. Nothing it's like, like dentist friends. I'm like, by the I, way, you know, I take the character in and I just I change my physicality and you vomit and it back out. It just comes out. Um, so there's, so now she starts working with the, the young son who's like a, a, a wizard with like engineering and building inventions. He invert, and, invented the first computer apparently. And that, yes. that is a vertical computer on a net or something. And he calls it his Peter. So he's going to go play with yes. his Peter. Play with your Peter. Cause you get to name it. Yeah. If you invent it. Right. Yeah. That was a hilarious moment. Thank <laughs> I was you, like, Dickinson. Hey, go play with your Peter. <laughs> um, so at some point they kind of, now have figured out that it's not a blonde woman. It's this transgender gentleman who was a client of Michael Caine's. This is what they all think that he came for his appointment and saw Angie Dickinson there being all schnazzy and he had to kill her. That's their theory at this stage of the game. So Homie, uh, little Peter, like, sets up a crazy, like, camera that will take pictures every four seconds or something. Yeah. 
And they figure they they see the blonde woman coming out. Uh, and then of course now we're Nancy Allen seeing blonde women chasing her wherever she goes. Basically. Everywhere she goes, there's a blonde woman following her. So and this is where it kind of goes off the rails, as far as I'm concerned. Jump in, please. Oh my God. First of all, why didn't he he could just stand out there? What is this weird contraption? And now I've got to go develop it. And yes. now I mean, are, are we in a hurry or, or what? Huh? <laughs> now he's so a like... detective. And whatever happened to his stepfather? It literally mom's dead. Now I live with a prostitute. What, what, what is that? that? Yes. What what is that? Oh, he's out of town on business. You can come and live with us for a while. That's cool. Yeah, dad, it, dad don't care. He ain't my daddy. Jesus my dad Christ. died in Vietnam. Uh-huh. That was, that's, oh my God, that's what it is. It's ridiculous. That's an important plot point. Uh, anyway, but okay. So the grand reveal is that Michael Caine is the killer, but he wasn't the one following her. The one following her was a blonde detective who was wearing the exact same vinyl rain trench coat, whatever the heck it was, to cause confusion. Yeah. And to this cause is, even more confusion. This Go is for it. so ridiculous because yes. I'm like, what the hell? This is clearly not Michael King because it's somebody with a waist. Men don't have a, a little story. Men and women are kind of built a little differently with this women having waists. So this person was clearly a woman, clearly had a waist. So is it supposed to be Michael Caine? Is it supposed to be the, the cop following, which we don't know there's a cop following? What the hell? Well, and this is the, this is the craziness thing of all. So Michael Caine is the killer, right? Right. However, at no time in the movie does the mur- is the murderer actually played by Michael Caine. They found a woman <laughs> with blonde hair, put dark glasses on her, and from her, like, I don't know, from her nose down, Kind of looks like Michael Caine a little bit if you look close, right? Uh, but to make it more confusing, that same actress plays the detective that's following around Nancy Allen to protect her. So yeah. basically, yeah. oh, sweet Jesus. The only time it is Michael Caine is when Michael Caine gets shot. Right. At the, and right, and right. it's clearly a different person at that point. You can clearly see the difference. Yes. So that's yes. cheating. Cheating, it Brian is, De Palma. Cheating. It is cheating. Well, because in that scene is so bizarre as well. So they're trying to get in to get the Rolodex to find out about Bobby. Um, and their plan is Nancy Allen will make an appointment and then try to seduce him. Oh, my God. It's like, it was hey, so bizarre. Right. It's like, hey, I'll, uh, why don't you go get freshened up, big boy? I'll be over here while she's looking through the Rolodex. Yeah. The whole point of this weird strip tease, uh, everyone's in garter belts, is to get his planner. Where, why don't you just wait for Michael Kane to leave and freaking break it and get his planner? That's what Dennis Franz suggested to do in the first place. Okay. <laughs> why are they not listening to Dennis Franz? I don't know. So it was sweet. I have to say this. Look, Nancy Allen, she's fine. She does not do it for me. She does not do it for me. Is that rude to say? You have post traumatic stress syndrome from Carrie. 
I think that'll do it. And you look at her and you and you think of her throwing tampons at you saying, plug it up, plug it up. Oh God. Let's not even <laughs> and then it's down that. periscope. It's it's absolutely <laughs> down periscope. Good lord. Oh, sweet Je- anything else you want to talk? Oh, I, let me let me say this. There's a scene where she's trying to lose the killer or the police detective, Nancy Allen's trying to lose them on the subway. And she goes and stands next to these African-American gentlemen. And they immediately are like enraged by her. And try to They're rape like, her. We're, gonna, we're, we're not sure if we want to kill you or rape you, but we're black men, so we're dangerous. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was like a ridiculous moment. She did nothing but stand like two feet away from them. And they're, in, they're like chasing her down the uh you know the the platform and then chasing her on the train and then when they see the killer just a, as far as they're concerned now a woman with blonde hair right a woman with blonde hair with dark glasses on and a trench coat they're like oh my god utterly horrible run run in the name of all that is holy <laughs> agreed. good times agreed okay so what any other scenes you want to talk about Yes, I want to talk about the very end where Nancy Allen and the weird dude from Back to School are having the long uh, dialogue where now she's the expert on transgender reassignment. Yes. And and there's some poor old lady. Now, I would have been listening into that conversation, but I would not have been having the vapors. It was was very Harry Met Sally, but different. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it seemed like it seemed like they kind of tacked that on as kind of a way to it, be like, hey, we're not judging all transgender people. Just just the, the murderous kind, just the just the murderous kind with mental illness. And yeah, then, ju- yes. And then the next good scene is the twist ending where Michael Caine escapes, where clearly the mental ward is right out of Suspiria. (laughs) Where the inmates are running the asylum. The inmates are running the asylum. They're like in an operating theater and people are all standing by. There's spotlights everywhere instead of actual lights, blue filters. And the buxom nurse who has to reach across you to tuck you in, practically breastfeeding you. Uh, fits wears the exact same size clothing as Michael Caine. That was convenient. That was convenient. <laughs> e- even the garters, uh, you know, fit old Michael. <laughs> it, exactly. Good times. Most of the classics. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that was revealed. Obviously, that was, the movie starts with a dream sequence and ends with a crazy dream sequence as well. So there you go. Good times. Um. <sighs> Are you ready for behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. Lay it on me, brother. Uh, the scene where Angie Dickinson in, is getting in the cab and getting getting down to work. Yeah. Uh, they filmed that on the streets of New York City, and people were shouting, right on, policewoman. <laughs> Get it so those, on, policewoman. Yeah, she was the star of a 70s police show called Policewoman, where she played like, Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant or Pepper. Like that. That's right. So, yeah, this is after that. You know, Policewoman's been canceled for a few years now, but there you have it. Good times had by all. Uh huh. No, she was uh, huge. Angie Dickinson was 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 a sex pot. 
and she was very well known back well, back in the day. Well, she was. What often happened is she was a movie star no, she when was she in, was younger. She's in Sabrina, Rio Bravo, Rio Bravo. Point well, Sabrina Blank. was years later. Oh, wasn't that was. It? It was the, you're right. It's the later one. Um, but yeah, she was she was in Rio Bravo with John Wayne and Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson. So, yeah. I mean, she was like a TV or excuse me, a movie star. By the seventies, she kind of downshifted into being a television star. Even cowgirls get the blues. I'm going through all of this. She's That's a- much later. <laughs> Kojak, the Fatal Flaw. But, okay, that might be about that same time. She was in. I'm sure she was on Mannix and McCloud and Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen. There you go. Police That's story. Definitely- she was in Police Story. Um. So. The shower scene, as we said, was a body double was used, but the producers encouraged Angie Dickinson to claim that it was her, her body. Oh, my God. Well, um, and, and why wouldn't you? Because the, the, the body double had a stomach you could bounce a quarter off of. That's true. Um, but that is a little uh, insulting. Brian De Palma specifically wrote the role of Liz the Hooker for his then-wife, Nancy Allen. Mm-hmm. In fact, the studio suggested that the role be played by... Sissy Spacek. Suzanne Summers. Oh. Suzanne Summers. That is I an odd choice. More. I would have enjoyed it more with, with the old Chrissy Snow, I have to say. I, I um, can't imagine her actually acting. <laughs> with a question mark? With a big question. Has part. she ever done anything dramatic? Uh, I mean, she was in American Graffiti. Yeah, hardly. Hardly. Uh, she, she walked around and had like three lines. Mostly she just drove by. She had. That's all you need. That's all you need. Um, Michael Caine's role, Dr. Robert Elliott, they originally approached Sean Connery. To be the role. Which sounds interesting until you remember, oh yeah, but he has to be in drag later in the movie. I don't know how that's gonna work with his with his with his mustache and beard. I wanna know what what James uh James Bond said when he turned it down. (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) No, never say never again. It's me, Bobby. <laughs> they just put a lot of that. What do they use? They use like the glue sticks to thin down the hair. He just has a very large swollen lip to cover up the mustachio. Well, and the killer would be like 6'3". So, I mean, <laughs> good times. And what about, what if she was 6'3"? What are no, you saying there? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, but imagine imagine this movie starring Sean Connery and Suzanne Summers. <laughs> that would be like a fever dream. I don't know what kind of movie it would be at that stage of the It game. would be wacky, that's for sure. Wacky, wacky. Um, Brian De Palma wrote a screenplay based on the article Cruising that he wanted to make about murders in the gay community. Right. And they didn't let him make it. In fact, uh, I think it was William Friedkin who made the movie Cruising a few years later with Al Pacino. Um, and the thoughts that he was bringing to Cruising, De Palma basically dumped into this one. And both these movies were highly controversial. People thought that they were very much uh, 
negative, show the, the gay communities and the transgender communities in a negative yeah. light, as and, you might imagine. And it, it, a lot of violence towards women yep. and the treatment of women. I think maybe he and Nancy were going through a patch. <laughs> <laughs> patch <laughs> well it's it's the idea of you're the killer because you're gay or you're the killer because you're transgender not just you happen to be gay and also nuts or you're murdered because you deserve it because you cheated on your husband not only you're going to get murdered but at least for an hour you're going to have syphilis and gonorrhea because you cheated on your husband I think if you're going home with Robert Evans, you kind of get what you get. You got to get, get what upset. you get. Yeah. You got to wrap that biz up. Um, the flirtatious sequence with Angie Dickinson and the mystery man in the museum lasts almost nine minutes. Nine hours seems more like it. And no dialogue is spoken. Oh, my God. I wrote down, is this two hours long? It was too much. You're telling me, sweet low. I mean, um, and it wasn't hot. It was creepy, either on his side or on her side. It was desperate and weird and freaky. I mean, if you're kind of middle-aged, is it kind of erotic? I don't know. I can't speak to that. I, I don't know. I'm going to go over to the Getty and, cause, since I am middle-aged and just see what happens when I just start chasing strange men with aviator glasses through the Getty. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know how that works out. Or <laughs> Chase you, them you'll around. read about it on the news. KTLA. Chase them around. Incident at the Getty. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the grand reveal also kind of with Psycho, it's the same kind of thing where it's like when you are attracted to a beautiful woman because you are conflicted inside for whatever reason, that right. drives you to murder that person. Correct. Yeah. You know, in Psycho, it's because he's half of his personality is his dead mother. Who is judgy. Uh, who is judgy. Exactly. <laughs> She's judgy. <laughs> um, and this movie, it's because his, his alter ego, Bobby, wants to have the uh, reassignment surgery, I guess. Just so we know, it's Robert and Bobby. That's correct. Well, did you notice there was also like a bizarro clip? Of Nancy Allen watching the Phil Donahue show. Yes. About some guy who had a sexual reassignment surgery. Yes, I did see that. That that was the height of daytime TV. Old Phil Donahue. Uh -huh. Good times. If you haven't seen Phil Hartman play Phil Donahue, you're missing out. <laughs> YouTube it. YouTube it. Uh, the beauty is people listening to this don't know who Phil Donahue or Phil Hartman are. Thank It's a sad situation. Indeed. Um, the gloves worn by Angie Dickinson or Isotoner. Yes, of course. So I immediately recognized back in the day. I had some dark brown ones as a matter of, of fact. Shall we go to the cast? I thought we just did the cast. No, we did behind the scenes. Ah! For God's sake. Uh, obviously, Dr. Robert Elliott, the killer, Bobby. Yeah, uh, known for many things: Cider House Rules, Dark Knight, The Prestige, uh, The Italian Job, Alfie, uh, Jaws: The Revenge. You want to you want to hear my theory? Blame it on Rio. Go for it. So Michael Caine, after he escapes, he goes to the south of France, where he becomes a con man for rich women. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels! <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels! Woo! Don't F with Michael Caine, man. 
Don't do not. Do not. Michael Caine. <laughs> I, I love Michael Caine. I will watch Michael Caine do freaking anything. He had this this amazing quote when people talked to him about Jaws the Revenge, the, the fourth Jaws movie that he was in. <laughs> and they asked him, did you like Jaws the Revenge? He said, well, I love the house that the paycheck bought. <laughs> You're no longer even doing a British accent. I don't and even know what that was. My name is Michael Kate. Michael And Cole. I will accept the Academy Award <laughs> for Jaws the Revenge. Thank you very much. I'm very uh, conflicted about Michael Kane because I do love Michael Kane, but I don't know if I am attracted to Michael Kane. What about Bobby? Are you attracted to Bobby? <laughs> we never meet Bobby, really. That's a good thing. Uh, Angie Dickinson played Kate Miller. She was obviously in Rio Bravo, Sabrina, Point Blank with Lee Marvin, All Star, Policewoman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nancy Allen, who at the time was married to Brian De Palma. You know her from Carrie. Uh, Carrie? Oh, my she God. was also in Robocop. Uh, RoboCop yeah. two. I hated RoboCop. and RoboCop three. I hate RoboCop. Okay, you've lost your you've lost your damn mind. It was woman. so violent. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Franz played Detective Marino. You know him from NYPD Blue, where he was Andy Sipowitz. Oh my god, I love he, Dennis Franz. He was in uh, Die Hard two. He was in Hill Street Blues. He was also in the Brian De Palma Master of the Macabre thriller blowout a few years later so there you go Mm. you know don't you Mm. keith gordon who had that five-year run of amazing stuff he was in jaws 2 another jaws connection he was in uh christine he was in um uh back to school i totally remember him and christine and back to school and both times i was like this dude is so creepy He's creepy. He's like really a successful director now. Does a lot of TV. Directed uh, uh, the TV series Fargo recently. I heard good Homeland. about that. I yeah. love Homeland. So yeah, he's he better call Saul. He he doesn't really act anymore. Well, that's thankfully. probably that's best. Plus, he's about. I, th- I I'm gonna hazard a guess that he's about five foot two. Yeah, a little, little hobbity. It's all good. Uh, okay. Shall we do our ratings? Lay it on. Actually, I'm pulling up a picture of what he looks like now. Un- do not. Do Re- not. Unrecognizable. Do not. Oh, my God. He's four years older than me. There you go. Uh, he's about the age. Oh, He'll be wandering around museums. And he was in. He was a director and actor known for A Midnight Clear. Did you ever see that? Did not. About World War One and the Christmas uh, truce. Oh, my God. That was so upsetting. Did not see it. So there uh-huh. you have it. If you like World War One uh, upsetting uh, movies, which all it's boys, my favorite. which all boys do, oh, it's he, my favorite. He wrote the screenplay and directed it. Holy crap! He's, he's very talented. He's very talented. I, I'm glad he saw the light, and instead of just overdosing on heroin like child stars off do, uh, he decided to become a writer and director. God bless. Well, it's him. not too. It's not too late. Waking uh, the Dead. Yeah, he did a bunch of stuff. Oh my God, you're not wrong about Masters of Sex. Yep. Oh my God, uh, Homicide, Life on the Street, Life on the Streets, Nurse Jackie, The Leftovers, Legion. They just don't make TV without him. They don't. Oh my God, he's take very back successful. Every, okay, sorry, you're not creepy anymore, but 
You might want to visit successful. the hair club for men. Oh, how <laughs> dare you! I, I'm offended by that comment. <laughs> they have um, the most unattractive picture on yeah, It's IMDb. not a good one. It's not a good one. No. Uh, Dress to Kill currently has 80, 80% fresh, certified fresh on Roton Tomatoes. I'm a little dubious of that. That seems uber generous. I think you're out of your GD 82? mind, but go ahead. 82? What no, it's Rose- just 80. Just, just 80. 80. What did Rosemary's Baby get? I'm not looking that up. I'm looking go it up right now. Episode. Look it up. I'm looking it up. Oh, I guess it won't be on IMDb where I am. And I wrote up, I, I thought I typed Rosemary's Baby, but the only thing my computer saw was baby. Oh my God. Will you just give us Can your you rating for God's sake? for a minute? I cannot. I'm sad to say. Rosemary's Baby Rotten Tomate. Janice um, loves to listen to us. Uh, <laughs> this is real. Scramble this is through golden. the internet. Golden, golden. Oh my! Take god. your time. Oh please. my god. Okay. Not important. Ninety-six percent. Yes, much better. Obviously. Obviously. Congratulations, you win. This is Moving not on. a grade of B. Let's just say this is not a grade of B. And by the way, right now the most popular movie at a hundred percent. Wolfman's Got Nards. Do you know what that's from? No. From the immortal 80s classic, The Monster Squad. And this is a movie that's out right now? I guess. I don't know if it's a documentary about The Monster Squad or what, but there you have it. Holy crudly. Would you please give us your rating for Dress to Kill? I will give it seven, seven out of ten um oh my god seven out of ten men disguised as women who don't speak so they don't have to pay them more interesting i'm gonna give it four out of five letters from the clinic okay (laughs) four out of five i thought i enjoy it but you're absolutely right in the sense that it's kind of slow going. It's a slow burn. And frankly, only one person gets killed. So I not, think an, not an a typical 80, slasher movie. A B is generous. It's a C movie. It's a C movie. It's to be fair, in 80s a B minus. So there you have it. Good times had by all. So thank you for joining us. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T Podcast T W Die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. etc. And like, share, rate, subscribe, do all those good things for us. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you are also mm-hmm. on social media. What's the word? The cult of Aaron. Join the cult. Cult it up for God's sakes. I'm now on Flickr now, too. What is Flickr? Do I want to know? Flickr is just pictures. Flickr, okay. I'm on Flickr. I thought that was Instagram. I, I'm is on it Instagram. Uh, Flickr is more of the MySpace. Oh, Flickr's been Sounds around lovely. a long time. I'm on Flickr. I'm on Tumblr. I'm on Twitter. I'm on the Insta. I'm on the Zeusk. Not as the Cult of Aaron, though. 
What is this? What is Zeusk? That's a dating. You make it. That's a dating sign. Oh, sweet Jesus! And okay, just Cuban. Your, just for your information, the yes. much excited movie Raul Dahl remake Witches. 50, yes, fifty-one. So go watch the Angelica Houston real one. I would ask you to look up the original ratings, but I don't really care. No. So there you have wait, it. Wait, wait, <sighs> wait. The original one is good. Okay. Wait a minute. So don't you there you don't you do it. Thank you very much wait, and be well. Wait. Be well. Be I can't well. Find it. Where? Oh, here it is. Stanley Tucci. No, that's the new one. Stop. Don't you do it. Why is stop, it? Hit the stop button. Why is no it? No one wants now? to hear this. Shut up. Just give us your final thoughts and feelings into the void. Oh my God. Why, why isn't it showing up? I guess which oh, is God. a very popular thing. It is. All right. Screw it. Look it up yourselves. But I, it's better than a 50. I'll tell you that. Okay. Bye. <laughs> hey, vote. Oh, I guess by the time they listen to this, uh, either, uh, well, it's probably a civil war either way. So God bless. I hope you saved your toilet paper and have enough ammo. Peace out.